and welcome to EC Pulse, the podcast that beats into the heart of Eurovision. My name's Kylie, hello, hi, and what did we say about the running order coming out while we were editing the first episode? Yeah. And as always joining me... Uh, my name's John and you can call me Mystic Meg. whatever noise it is that Mystic Meg does, I forget. <laughs> we'll be celebrating too. <laughs> ah, okay, so hello and welcome to episode two of our 2022 Eurovision review, which will be covering the second half of semi-final one. And for this episode, our special guest is um, someone that we've had on for our reviews for the last few years and is always been very interesting to hear from in terms of his um, insights. We have Paul Clear from Bruce Reviews Music. Hello. Hello. It's so cool to be here again. Yay. Um, it'll be really interesting to talk about this semi-final half today. Oh yes, because um, there's some interesting talking points, in, to, to, to put it mildly. To say the least. <laughs> oh yes. Um, uh, me and John already kind of discussed it in the last episode, but um, Paul, what do you think about this semi-final in general, and what do you think about this year in general, actually? Yeah, I think this is um, a pretty interesting semi-final because uh, the two halves are so different. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, this year in general, it's it's rather good. It, I think it's one of the better years uh, that I have uh, followed so far. So I like it a lot, but um, it, it's not like my favorite year or something like that. But I, I like it and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Ah, that's good to hear. So, um, like, as um, Paul mentioned, like, the two halves are, like, completely different. In fact, like, I said so last week because I've, because to me, semi-final one is full of the countries that you'd expect to qualify, whereas the second half is a lot slower than the first half and also, like, let, is kind of, a bit more random in terms of countries if that makes sense i think yeah. it makes perfect sense um it's quite low-key in in many ways um well <laughs> some of it <laughs> and um it's very difficult to call um save maybe two songs maybe three there aren't a lot of obvious qualifiers here in this half um so it will be very interesting and also very worrying yeah it's because because like a lot of the songs in this um second half is kind of like hitting kind of like a similar kind of mid-tempo acoustic kind of sound so it's just kind of like trying to work out which of those are going to qualify and what not is yeah, it's definitely something we're going to have to wait until we see all the stage shows and rehearsals until we can figure out, like, uh, <laughs> which of them is going to go through and wh which are not. 
Mm, yes, and if if you're into that kind of music, which we are for the most part, it's um, yes. it's good, but it's it's also worrying, as I say, in the sense that we might lose a fair few of these songs. Yeah, no, that's really unfortunate. But you know, that's how that's how the draw went in terms of the half. So we can't really do much else about it, unfortunately. That's Eurovision. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna go over how the episode and stuff is gonna go before we go into the songs and because we do have a running order now we will go in running order <laughs> um, yay. yay so um we're gonna go through all of these songs one by one discuss what we like and don't like about them and we're also going to give them a score between zero and five five for the best and zero for the worst and also the public gave scores between zero and five which were calculated via the median of all the scores submitted in our google docs app uh, google docs <laughs> google docs i mean uh anyway okay so are we ready to get started with these songs yeah go for it Yay! Oh, and also, I've completely forgot to mention I will, at the end of this episode, because we will have completed all the songs, the semi-final one, we will also announce who are the who would qualify according to our scores. Of course, this isn't a accurate prediction at all. It's just for fun. But um, yeah. Anyway, let's get started. So. First of all, we're going to go to song number 10. Portugal. La Portugal. This is Mauro with Saudade Saudade, which very roughly means longing. Uh, I'll explain later. Anyway, here's the clip. Saudade, Saudade. Okay, I'll explain. So what I meant by rough translation is that, um, and it's actually part of the reason why I really like this song so much is because, because I think the lyrics like are very clever because like for those of you who are unaware, saudade is one of those one of those words that are don't have a direct English translation. It just like basically describes um, a, a general feeling of like melancholic longing for something so like when she's saying like oh so dad is the only way I can describe how I'm feeling about th this situation it is is very clever and I really appreciate that and you know the I really enjoy just how how typically Portuguese it is you know it's just you know, what we'd expect from them. And that's kind of the reason why I'm a bit worried about this song. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i worried worried that maybe I'm wrong and I hope I'm wrong. Um, I'm worried that the general audience l won't get it. Uh, they'll just think, oh, it's just a super slow 
Portuguese song and gonna go put the kettle on or whatever <laughs> and yeah I really hope I'm wrong uh, especially because as we said and will say throughout this um, episode there are a lot of similar songs like this in the second half so it's just kind of like is this gonna stand out from the bunch or not I don't know um we'll just have to wait and see um, I think it it actually uh, it, it actually stands out a lot, even among these kind of similar songs. And I think this is really lovely. I love the mix of these clear Portuguese flavors to it and the like modern ambient pop sound. And it's super catchy as well, and it stays in your head. Actually, it took a bit of time to grow on me. I think I liked it the first time. Um, but I think I had to learn to play the song myself to really feel how beautifully it flows, how beautiful these chord progressions are, and, and all of that. And huh. it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a fun story for me because in uh, 2019 I actually had Mahmoud from Italy as my number one for the longest time of the season to be then uh, overtaken by Portugal. And this year it's the same story for me with Mahmoud in Portugal again. Oh wow! So this this is actually my winner for the year. The first song we are talking about today. Yeah, I I really love it, and um, I I especially love that Festival de Canchao has finally been unfolding all of its potential over the last few years so many great editions of the festival so many great uh new artists and yeah i i think i, I think it, this is kind of a dark horse for even for the final i think I, I don't know i don't know i, I like the uh, the last time when in, in 2019 i i didn't know where conan osiris would uh end up as we all know he went on to place last in the semi-final but this is, is is a different story. It's a very different song. It's more accessible, I think, mm. and uh, it's just a very different style. But it's on an on an uh, artistic level. It's a, it's a similar artistic level, I think. But um, yeah, I think this can work with with uh, juries especially, but also with the public a lot. This uh, Portuguese understatement worked rather well in the last few years, I think. Because I did notice when I was um, doing my research into like my predictions analysis, because I am planning to put something out on the website. I don't sh- I don't know whether to do it just a straight up article or do a whole video essay on it. But bas- basically, like part of my research was looking into like voting alleys and diaspora of uh, various countries in the semi-finals, and I did notice that. Portugal's got both France, which is um, which is a consistent voting alley and ally rather, uh, but also Italy are voting in the semi-final, which they're not necessarily a voting ally, but I can imagine that the Italians would go nuts over this kind of song. Uh, like, in fact, like I I've started playing some of the songs to one of my Italian friends who is kind of a casual, like she watches the show like when it goes out but doesn't follow the national finals and i played a portugal song and she was like oh my god this is so amazing so like i know it's only one person but you know that like there's every chance that it could happen with the whole of italy but you never know but yeah i just wanted to point that out um john what do you think yeah, it, it's too good not to be in the final, really. Um, 
is so so beautiful it's really chill vibes the harmonies are impeccable um and i should point out that it comes after the juggernaut that is moldova yeah so it it is a very good contrast which i think will work in portugal's favor the song after it however does not contrast um so well but i don't think that will hurt portugal um yeah hopefully fingers crossed this will be in the final because it certainly deserves to be oh okay anything else on portugal before we do the first scores of this episode no, okay, so I'm going to give this a four. What about you, John? Uh, yeah, four points. And I give it a five, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and the public, give it a four out of five. Yay. So that's pretty good to start out the episode. And next up, we go to song number 11. Croatia. La Croatie. This is Mia Dimšić with Guilty Pleasure. I'm with him and you're a secret treasure. He's a fool and you're a guilty pleasure. I'm with him and this is real life, honey. Guess the joke's no longer funny. I'm with him until the death do us part. But it doesn't do for this hungry heart. I'm with him but in my frantic head. You always come and say, would you run away? This may surprise you, but I have this song in my top ten. Okay. <laughs> um, it's it's grown on me so much. Um, I, I just think it's such a lovely song, beautifully, melodically. Um, it does appear to advocate extramarital affairs, <laughs> but um, you know, I won't I won't judge. Um, no, I'm with him until death do us part. It's kind of a giveaway. Um, Coming after Croatia, coming after Portugal might not help because they're both quite down tempo songs. Um, they could have done something different with the draw here, because after these two down tempo songs are two up tempo songs, and I think they could have mixed it up a bit. But you know, choices were made. Um, fingers crossed for Croatia. I, re- I, I really like this song. Yeah, I don't think the song is that bad, really. I mean, like, I mean, it's a bit saccharine for my taste, but, you know, it has a, like, kind of, like, a sweetness, you know, which is kind of contrasted with this, like, very complicated story about extramarital affairs, as um, you put it, John. Um, <laughs> like, like, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just... Maybe my gut instinct is just like really bad, but like something tells me that maybe this could be a jury save in this semi final. Uh, I know that um, Mia's team have said that they're going to completely overhaul the staging, which, you know, I think was a good thing because I just thought that dancer was just way too distracting, in my opinion. Um,. <laughs> Yeah, it's um yeah, the fact that it's coming after a very similar song is like not helping really. And uh yeah, it's just kind of like yeah, it, it's another case of just like I'm going to have to wait and see what everyone looks like before I decide on how po- how um, 
I almost said Portugal. <laughs> Croatia is likely to do. So yeah, this this is kind of like 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 I should say that it's an that it's likely not going to qualify, but I got this gut instinct that tells me that maybe the juries will save it. I don't know. Maybe I know nothing. And my gut instinct is really bad, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, what about you, Paul? What do you think? Yeah, when uh, thinking about the qualification chances first, I think this reminds me a bit of the situation we had last year with Croatia, unfortunately, because um, that was the first semi-final as well, I think, with all of these female up-tempo songs. Yeah. Where Croatia was, I think, the only one left out Yeah. Uh, from qualifying. I don't know. I don't know if it will happen again. But uh, for me personally, even if I might sound really positive today, I, I really like it. Um, not only, but I think very much due to my girlfriend being so hyped about it and playing it all the time. She's been on a big Taylor Swift hype as well for the last year. So that helps. And she uh, Ollie always loves these uh, gymnastics, choreographies and all of that. So this is just really her style and but she didn't have to convince me how great it is i think i like it a lot as well and yeah i've actually been on vacation in croatia a few times over the last few years and dug Ooh. through some cool uh, record stores uh, there and i really like the balkan music scene yeah and uh, the next time i'll be there i'll look for one of mia's records for sure because they are really cute in a very similar style to this song to guilty pleasure uh, it's in Croatian, uh, of course, but it's it's. I love the fact that this song seems to come or organically from her musical style, with which she she has been very successful in her home country, and um, yeah, I, I think uh, that could be seen um, with her really good uh, televoting score in the national final. The people seem to really love her there, and yeah, I really like Croatia this year as well. It's it's also in my top ten for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's nothing wrong with being too positive, especially when um, social media is being way too negative. So, like, we need some positivity to counteract that horribleness, in my opinion. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe this half is just really full with my kind of music. So that's that's a nice thing. <laughs> oh. Okay, anything else on Croatia before we give it a score? I'm going to take that as a no. Okay, yeah. so um, I'm going to give it a three. Oh, I'll, I'll give Croatia a four. Yeah, and I actually give Croatia a five again. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, and the public give Croatia a two out of five. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, oh, I, I, I complained last episode about the anti-ballad brigade, so like I'm not that surprised, they're really. At, they're out in force again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so we go on to song number 12, which is... Denmark. La Denmark. This is ready with the show, and I only just realised that that was intentional. <laughs> anyway, here was a clip. You can't try me. You can't stop me.
one for me because you know it's very much a song of two parts as we all know we have like the very ballady first minute which i find to be like really trite but then we get into (laughs) pop punk for the last two minutes which is pretty enjoyable in my opinion and um you know i just like but the whole aesthetic they had in the national final and all that i i thought they looked really cool and also it's just cool in general to have an all-female rock band which is like very rare to have like even outside of eurovision um so it's kind of like you know the score i'm going to give it later is just kind of like an accumulation of like the different parts because like i really enjoyed the second part but like the first part kind of makes me cringe a little (laughs) but you'll see but um um yeah it's kind of like it's a weird it's also a weird one because like i feel like i want to support it more than i actually like the song because i have a very weird personal attachment to this because and i and i know that some of the listeners are gonna think this is really stupid but uh it's um because it's denmark and they're singing a song about like defying the odds and and all that i can't help it i that combination makes me think a lot about the whole christian erickson thing which you know like i've been that's been on my mind a lot since last summer and obviously like i i know the song has nothing to do with that but it's just like the theme and the fact that it's denmark makes me puts that in my head so it makes it so like it's gonna sound stupid but but that's just how my brain works so like and um i know john you mentioned that putting denmark and austria together doesn't really make sense but like traditionally the second ad break comes after song 12 which is denmark so i'm thinking they want to close the middle part of the show with Denmark and then open the last bunch of songs with an up-tempo song like Austria so that kind of makes sense to me but um yeah that those are my thoughts um yeah Denmark is really like and has been an interesting Eurovision country over the last few years I think generally they they manage up their game a little bit we Eurovision fans usually see Denmark as that bland country for most of the time and while there are traces of that always in in Dansk Melody Grand Prix I think they they managed to get a bit more flavor into it overall into the Eurovision songs and this song is also decent Um, as you said Kylie the introduction drags on a bit but it, uh, I think it presents the main melody of the song well enough that it works, mm. and and the like pop rock or pop punk part of the song also works, even if it seems a bit formulaic for me. I just thought about um, if it was just three minutes of that uh, rock part, I don't think I would like it more because mm. the 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 f- um, the variation isn't uh, isn't there and. I can't see this uh, being like a full-on pop punk song. Mm. Uh, it, they have, they would have uh, uh, 
to bring more ideas to it to make that work. Mm. So I, I'm not enamored with it, but I like it. I, I think it's decent. Uh, from the songs in the in the Danish Super Final, I think this was this was uh, the best by far. So yeah. I'm I'm mildly happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, follow you mention it because like I do agree. If it was three minutes of the rock part, like it would be pretty fatiguing. And I do feel like you know starting off being a sad ballad, then being more like upbeat and defiant, kind of like makes it kind of like a, like a musical narrative, if that makes sense. So yeah, I do, I do see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think the idea behind that is cool. It, they just like um, yeah, would have done the song a favor if they shortened the introduction a bit, I think. Yeah. Um, John, what do you think? So Denmark uh, were at the London Eurovision party yesterday. And I've almost completely flipped my opinion on this song. And it went down surprisingly well with with the crowd. And people who listen to the podcast regularly might know that when it first came up, I didn't really like it. But <laughs> No, you didn't, I... no. <laughs> but I do now. So... I'm holding my hands up. I'm a fan of this song now. Yay! <laughs> oh. Okay, anything else before we give Denmark a score? Are you ready for the show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, so, um... So, like, the rock part is a fall, but the ballad part is a two so put that together it's a three overall for me so it's the medium then yeah <laughs> uh it's a three for me as well yeah and i give it a three as well and the public give it a two out of five uh, bit... e e even i think that's harsh <laughs> yeah. oh Okay, so next up we go to song number 13. Austria. Lutrich. This is Lumix and Pia Maria with Halo. studio song like i really enjoy it like it's kind of like that you know like in the last couple of years we've had a few songs that had this same kind of like frenetic kind of like 80s kind of throwback sound and like so it's nice to have one of those actually in eurovision for once and um yeah th this is probably something i should um put on in the gym when next time I go to the gym because you know I really need to get healthy <laughs> uh, my health is going downhill so <laughs> um however 
I've got a major, major concern with this when it comes to how it might come across on the live show. And um, I'm just going to very quickly ask you, John. Um, so you just said um, earlier that you were at the London Eurovision party, right? Yes. Was Austria miming from what you can tell? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem because, like, if Pia cannot sing this live, this is the kind of song that could very easily become a major car crash on the <laughs> stage. And that would, like, just, like, that would just be, like, so gutting for me. And, like, the fact that, A, I couldn't find any footage of her like on youtube singing live and also the fact that like if you're not sick and you're resorting to miming at a eurovision pre-party that's all the red flags for me so like i'm just i'm just hoping that maybe like they're just like keeping their cards to their chest and maybe like she's got like a super amazing voice live but like like judging on all the evidence i'm very worried about this mm, i do share your concerns um but i will i will try to be positive it is a bot um it, it's very popular at least at the moment <laughs> and um it's a it's a very welcome addition to this contest into this semi-final um yeah. it's very well very well produced just hope that it's good live and staged well and those are the missing pieces at the moment uh what about you paul i'm not really sure about this um and what you said kylie is is really interesting because i was thinking about um that eurovision uh with a dj and singer combination normally doesn't work well and it you have, I think you have to have a really great song like, uh, for example, Norway had in 2017, and also a great singer, which they, which they of course had with Alexander Wahlmann. But yeah, like for example, the Root didn't work, and Gromi from Poland also didn't work, and oh. I think <laughs> both of yeah, both of them had had uh, okay songs, but the singer just just didn't work at all. And that's what I'm worried about here when I hear what you just uh, said, Kylie. I'm, I'm going to be in, in Amsterdam this uh, following weekend, actually, and I'm very excited oh. to see if Austria will, <laughs> will actually sing live there. It's yeah, it's uh, exciting times yeah. for Eurovision fans. <laughs> um, but I think, um, yeah, for me, Austria seemed to have lost a bit of momentum after the success of Cesar Simpson, actually. And, this is not really an exception for me. It's not as bland as the last two year songs, but I still don't really feel it. I have to give it credit for being like, <coughs> sorry, the only song from this fast uh, pop style, a bit of a throwback this year, but um, it's not a bad song, but I don't think the songwriting is, uh, is that brilliant here. So I don't see Austria in the final this time, actually. Yeah. Like, like, if you have to, like, ask me which 10 now, I would would not put Austria in my 10. So, in, in terms of predictions, not, like, personal favourites. Because if it was personal favourites, Austria would very easily be in my top 10 for the semi. But, 
yeah. <laughs> so would you put Austria as the shock non-qualifier? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. When you never know, they might pull it out, out of the bag. Hopefully they will. Yeah, I'm hoping they will, because, you know, it sucks to see a good song get wrecked live. And it's happened quite a few times to it's me. It's not the first, it wouldn't be the last. No. Okay, anything else on Austria before we give it a score? No. <laughs> no, okay, so I'm going to give it a four. And it's a four from me. And from me it's a two. Okay, and the public, give it a four out of five. Okay, so next up we go to song number 14. Iceland. Iceland. This is Sistur with Mithaiken Sol, which means with the rising sun. start with this okay because i especially love the sound of this entry like the language how it sounds the guitars the production in general and uh, the vocals and also the guitar sound remind me a lot of scandinavian like a folk pop acts like first aid kit for example yes and this this is just a very scandinavian take on like a folk or country song and it's really lovely I don't think it's it's that catchy. It's a bit subtle and maybe also a bit repetitive, but this is just a really, and this might be one for the juries. Um, it obviously has a lot of uh, competitors here with a similar approach because, um, yeah, they, they are surrounded by uh, faster songs, actually, that might help, that help them. But uh, as we just talked about, there are a few songs of this style in the semi but um i think great musicianship behind it might help it and uh they seem like an entry that that could uh work with the juries and i think after the last uh three years which were very great and very interesting for iceland they don't have to hide their entry this year as well it's it's really cool yeah i really like it as well like um like i really enjoy um first aid kits first two albums i haven't gotten around to their most recent one because i'm dumb when it comes to keeping up with new music and um i need to fix that but um yeah this is totally up my street is it sounds really authentically Icelandic because like the lyrics are talking about you know those kind of like dark winter days where there's barely any sunlight and like how like important it is when the sun finally does come up and stuff like that so I hope that they do more of kind of like a sunset kind of vibe with the with the uh, graphics on stage because I just think it'll really capture that mood really really nice um i'm i'm a little bit concerned about this because this is like the the food of these kind of like mid-tempo female acoustic songs and i worry that people are gonna 
go, oh, not another one of these. Like, I mean, there's, there's another one of those a bit later, which I don't think will get that affected much, but we'll get, I'll, I'll get into it when we get into it. Uh, and, um, yeah, I'm very worried about this song and I hope I'm wrong because I think this song is just like, like very lovely to listen to. So, yeah. You know, I, I always remember that this song was chosen on the same night as Portugal and, um, and yeah, just like Portugal, it's, it's such chill vibes. It's, I can't really add much to what you've already said. It's the language is beautiful. It's such a beautiful country sound. But I also worry that it might be too chill to qualify, but I hope that is not the case. Yeah. Okay, anything else on Iceland before we give it a score? I was actually um, thinking about uh, a kind of statistical thing with Iceland. <clears throat> yeah. They have this um, super final thing where there are only two songs. Oh, of um, And uh, you have um the the uh, public vote always uh, not always but often swings yeah in the first round and i think that every time in the last like seven or eight years uh when the public vote swung around then uh the song actually didn't qualify because yeah. they they often have like one really big maybe uh, a bit polarizing act that, that manages to win the first round because it stands out so much. And then in the second round, uh, a lot of people vote against that. And I, I, that likely happened here in Iceland. And that, that might be a bit worrisome for them, actually. Oh, because, no. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe it, it, uh, that um, national final result doesn't really reflect how well, the public reacts to it, but I don't. I don't know. It's it, this. These uh, statistics don't don't always say that much. Yeah, and I did see on Eurovision that it actually did swing around this year, which like made me extremely worried. But you know, like I'm I'm hoping that this time around, you know, like like rules are always like meant to be broken, and maybe this will happen this year. I don't know. I, I just hope I'm wrong and that it does like qualify, but yeah, I'm worried. Anything else on Iceland before we give it a score? No. 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 Okay, so I'm gonna give this a four. <laughs> it's another four. And another four from me. Okay, and the public, give it a three out of five. Okay. Uh, okay. So we've got three songs left in this episode, so not long to go. So next up, we go to song number 15. Greece. La Grèce. This is Amanda Giorgiardi Tenfjord with Die Together. But if we die... I think I already told you, Kylie, that from the moment she was announced, I was really excited for Chris's song. And um, because I heard some of her earlier songs then, and they were really nice. And I think this is mostly what I expected. The song is the song is really beautiful. I, I love the melody of it. I think uh, the production is 
very subtle in the beginning. This it has like almost an a cappella part, and I think that's that's nice. I I would like I would have uh, liked her to like go into more of a bit of an indie rock direction maybe, but um, this this is really really great. But among all these similar songs, it get this uh, to shine on the stage in, in Turin. Yeah, um, I'm a bit in two minds with this song because like, I feel like, you know, the verses, especially that kind of like vocoded a cappella bit is just like so striking. And I'm actually curious as to how they're going to go about that in the live show because obviously, they, like I said it before, I find it so funny that they allow pre-recording backing vocals, but they don't allow vocoder effects, which, you know, I just... You know, I don't understand why one and not the other, but anyway. Uh, but, like, I enjoyed those bits, but, like, I just find the chorus, like, really underwhelming for some reason. And I don't know why. It's just, like, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I probably wanted some the chorus to be a bit more grander or something instead of this just kind of, like, very minimalist, like, kind of cold um, electronic production kind of thing. I, d I don't know. And um, funnily enough, you mentioned the staging because yesterday I read something online that um, the Focus guy who does like the ridiculous stagings <laughs> is doing the staging for this and apparently they're going to have five other women on stage and do something five. like... Yeah, five. Um, okay. and do something kind of like inspired by like kind of like classical Greek theater or something like that, which makes me really worried because like on paper oh. it doesn't sound like it matches this song at all. Um, but we'll wait and see. Like maybe once, like maybe if the staging's really good, maybe it will grow on me once the once we see it live. But at the moment, I'm just kind of like a little bit on the underwhelm side but anyway um what about you john yeah i've only heard the song a, a smaller number of times so i'm still get, kind of getting my head around it but i don't i don't know if i agree about the chorus i thought the chorus was quite quite striking and quite big um and i was about to say um it lends itself to an impressive staging but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll um, reserve judgment on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, I hope that this will um, provide a moment on, on the stage, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Okay, uh, anything else on Greece before we give it a score? Actually, a bit funny, Kylie, that um, you, you just talked about the staging and what you said kind of made me excited for it it okay. sounds a bit crazy it's it, it, it doesn't sound like it fits but it sounds it sounds a bit exciting so i'm looking forward to this <laughs> um, i mean you never know maybe like it like it maybe it's kind of like one of those weird concepts that will make a lot of sense once you actually see it who knows <laughs> sometimes i love the staging to be a bit over the top it's eurovision after all yeah <laughs> so kind of why we love it yeah <laughs> uh 
Okay, so um, let's give it a score. Uh, I'm gonna give this a three. Um, three or four. Four. Yeah, it's a four for me. And the public, give it a three out of five. Okay, so two songs left, and next up we're at song number sixteen. Norway. La Norvège. You can tell how excited I am. Okay, so so this is Sub Wolfer with Give That Wolf a Banana. And before that wolf eats my grandma, give that wolf a banana, give that wolf And before that wolf eats my grandma, give that wolf a banana, give that wolf. Give that wolf. I'm going to hazard a guess that you two guys are going to want me to get my rant over and done with first. Do it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, like, I actually wasn't going to rant today. I really wasn't. I was just going to say, like, that that I personally think it's really stupid and it's just not my thing. And, you know, like, like even as much as, like, this makes me face palm. Like, I, I don't see much of a reason why this won't qualify because, like, it just stands out too much from the second half. Although, you know, like, its potential result in the final, like, I find very questionable. And I'll get into that when I get into my rant. So, like, I wasn't going to rant. Until I saw an article yesterday on ESE Norga and like one of the most prominent um fan people in the fandom wrote this article. Um it's in Norwegian, so you're gonna have to rely on Google Translate, but it basically uh, the article basic uh, the title basically says This is how Subwoofer can win with the juries. And that made me f- so pissed off because like that to me indicates one of two things either that shows just how incredibly out of touch and delusional the Norwegian fandom is or they know full well that this is likely going to be another Kaino situation and they're just desperately trying to convince themselves otherwise and I honestly don't know which of the two options is the more pathetic. It's just like, I actually like bashed out a whole essay about like, since 2018, they've had this kind of approach because, you know, they, they said before that Norway wants to win. And like, since 2018, they've had this whole approach that in order to win, they have to be big in have to send big gimmicky stagings and dump with dumb songs and it's just not working and it will never work because to me it's just a very 2000s mentality like you have to be have a big dumb song with a big gimmick and it's just not how you win Eurovision these days and it just really annoys me because because th- you can't do the same thing and expect different results. And, you know, the Norwegian Phantom can't expect them to send s- 
a, a dumb, so, dumb, meaningless dance song with a couple of guys in wolf masks and expect this to, to, and not expect it to be butchered by the juries. Like, I mean, it's an, more than enough to qualify and may even get them top 10 in the final, but it's not going to win. And you may as well accept that now. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will do surprisingly well with the juries and, like, I'll eat my words if that happens. But, like, based on, like, previous patterns, it just doesn't. And I just... I, I just... It just really annoys me because... And it's Alright, back to the song. I... Because uh, I, um, otherwise I'm just going to go get really incoherent like i said before it's just like the whole thing is just really stupid like and like the, like the gim i mean the the gimmick is completely ripped off of the mass singer and the song is just like trying to be what does the fox say which you know was nine years ago well done on taking that long to jump on that meme and it's just uh, it's just, uh, it's, you know, even, like, if you compare it to the other quote-unquote gimmicky songs this year, like, even those other songs have a serious message, like, Latvia's about environmentalism, and, um, uh, Serbia is a protest song about Serbia's crappy health system, and, you know, Moldova is about, you know, the importance of like the about infrastructure infrastructure sorry to <laughs> connecting two countries and it's just like what's the message of this song like give wolves bananas like it's just completely meaningless and it, uh, it's just uh, I, 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 I just I give up it's it's not for me like whatever just I just don't want Norway to send this shit anymore just I I miss the Norway of the mid 2010s you know when they send songs like Silent Storm and a monster like me and it's just like I just I want that Norway back okay who wants to follow that up yeah I I, I will try to okay um but I, I can understand what you said about it I will I will try to like give some maybe some analytical thoughts about the song first because uh, before I I say my personal opinion about it because I think where this one comes from is that like the Scandinavians usually have a, a very unique uh, distinct approach to their fun comedy entries or something like that because like here in Germany we, we had these uh, comedy entries before but they were all like um a lot of them came from Stefan Raab and he brought with it uh, his his funk and big band sound so that's how we Germans like our uh, fun and comedy entries yeah and when when i think of scandinavian entries um i think of people like Sean Banan or Samir and Victor or even that uh, pizza song from uh, the Norwegian national final a few years ago and that's mostly mainstream music mixed with like surface level humor i think that's what a scandinavian uh novelty or comedy entry brings with it and most of the time those entries don't get to eurovision though because especially melody festival doesn't seem to have uh, that big of a niche for these entries 
And for me personally, I think this is one of the better songs in that style. Um, I like, I have a, a, a bit of an uh, appreciation for some fun songs like like those I've uh, talked about earlier. Not that pizza song, but <laughs> like <laughs> Sami and Victor, sometimes I enjoy them. There are some moments in my life where I need some Sami and Victor. And um, uh, there are some also some moments uh, where I appreciate Subwoofer and like, there are some things that I really like about this song. The intro and outro makes for a nice frame around it. It's a really bass-oriented party track. And what what personally won me over, because when I first heard it, it was like, hmm, don't, don't really want this to win. And actually, I, I wasn't sure about, um, about it. Um, uh, being my favorite in, in, in uh, Melody Property or uh, something like that, but I like it. And what I mostly, uh, what I like the most about it is um, that I, I think their their look is a bit self-made. It doesn't look that expensive. It's a similar thing like uh, with Verkhov Zerichka, for example. It's an easy costume for fans to recreate. We have all seen a lot of fans wearing these masks at uh, other national finals. Even I think in Australia, there were some uh, yellow wolves. And I think that's a nice trick. I had to warm up to it, as I said, but I like that silly charm a lot. I know that uh, that uh, people uh, react very differently to it. and But for me, it's sometimes a much needed piece of distraction and fun. I, it's, it's not bad. Keeping out all of the fan reaction to it, which I have not uh, seen all of that, and I'm trying to net get too deeply into that. But overall, it's it's just a bit of fun for me. Yeah, yeah, you know that, that, that's fair enough. I mean, like it's just like me personally. It's just like, uh, and it's not like I don't even like these kind of like dumb party songs in the Nordic national finals, like Sean Banan. It's just like, like this one. I just like just like I just. No, it's just not for me. Um, what about you, John? Um, so my initial concern um, when the song was chosen was that people, particularly British people, to be honest with you, would um, see this song at Eurovision and it would be all that they remembered of the contest. Yeah. Um, what I can understand and appreciate actually though is um the fact that it does bring joy to a lot of people along with latvia which is another song that isn't really my cup of tea but you know it makes it makes a lot of people happy so i i'm coming round to it um and you know that buddy yum 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 chorus it goes right into your head and it's been going round and round and round um all day today um so sometimes i get of the opinion that you know if you can't beat them you might as well join them <laughs> ah okay so um anything else before we give norway a score not really okay i'm gonna give this a one um Three. It's actually a four for me. <laughs> and, the, and the public also give it a four out of five. Wow. 
Okay, so we're on to the last song of semi-final one, which is song number 17, of course. Armenia. L'Armonie. This is Rosalind with Snap. So I'm snapping one, two, where are you? I did say um, last week, I stand by this, that uh, the Netherlands um, is the best song of the semi-final. But Armenia is, surprisingly enough, my personal favourite of the semi-final. Okay. And my fourth overall at the moment. Okay. I honestly... It could be something to do with the fact that a few weeks ago I went to a Smith & Tell concert. <laughs> um, and it's very much in their vein of songs. In fact, if you told me they would had wrote this, I would believe you. Um, I just think it's delightful. Um, personally, I'm thrilled that it's the, the show closer, although I know that's a contentious point and you'll probably get onto that in a moment. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I, I I think it's a, a beautiful, cheery little song, and it's, as I've already said, one of my favourites of this year. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of my favourites this year, but I do think it's like a, a very cute song, you know, and, um, and you know, it's, I, I do like the video where it's kind of like doing like a, like a live action version of Up kind of thing oh, with the flying house, yes. you know, I enjoyed I love, I love the video. Yeah, I like that as well. And, um, yeah, so, like, I, like, pretty much everyone else was absolutely bemused when when <laughs> they announced Armenia was closing the semi-final. And, um, like, the fact that it is actually makes me super curious because, like, the producers had to have have to have put it last for a reason because like if it was just her alone on the stage with a guitar like it would be like a super underwhelming closer so like maybe they're doing something like really elaborate that's you know you're not gonna get off in time in the 30 seconds between songs so maybe that's why and also because it's a nice happy song that's got more of a universal appeal than something like Norway, which is a bit more divisive. That's probably why they thought it was a more suitable closer. So, like, I'm really looking forward to seeing what <laughs> what they have in store, exactly, and, <laughs> like, why they were they were last. So, yeah, um... Uh, like, it, it's a weird choice but it's not one that i complain about because you know it's the you know it's a nice happy kind of like end to the show so yeah uh be interesting to see what they do on stage um what about you paul yeah i think um this is kind of a very unusual song for armenia even if it's more like many songs we have in this half of the semi-final it's i think like songs like uh, aminia's eurovision junior eurovision winner from last year 
um, are more what fans expect from Armenia. Yeah. I, I don't think it really matters, but it's just in interesting. Um, this actually reminded me of the song Something in the Water by Brooke Fraser from the first moment I heard it. Oh, I love a... that song! Uh, that's really cool, yeah. It's not a copy or anything like that. It's just similar. Yeah. It has that like late 2000s, early 2010s vibe, that time when those folk pop songs were all over the charts. And um, that being said, I don't think this song has a lot to add to that aesthetic, but I can see it being uh influenced in my personal rankings a bit by coming out so late i was just maybe a bit oversaturated by the sound at that time so maybe um if i see it um, a few times more if i see the live performance this can go up my ranking i like it when it's on but it it doesn't make me want to repeat it that often especially uh since like the female singer songwriters have a lot of competition this year Looking at her position in the running order, as you said, this this might make it to the final, I think. It's a bit of a borderline song, but uh, the quality is high enough, I think. Okay, um, anything else uh, before we give the final scores of the episode? I'm going to assume no. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to give it a free for now, but I might upgrade that um, in, in May, depending on what they do. Um, what about you, John? Five. <laughs> yeah, for for me, it's similar uh, to Kylie. It's a three for me as well. Potential to go higher. Yeah. And the public also give it a three out of five. Okay, so that's it for the scores of semi-final one. So if you just uh, bear with me, I'm just going to press the button on my spreadsheet uh... okay um we've got a bit of a tie <laughs> for 10th place um oh no uh do, do you want me to just do like the top 11 just to kind of like say um, we might as well yeah because like trying to like Tie, break this tie is going to be like too difficult okay so uh, let me just um, and uh, let me just order these in alphabetical order a second okay so okay so according to our scores this is the top 11 so like we don't announce how many points they get until like the fifth episode but like these are the can these are the top 11 according to our schools in alphabetical order. Okay, so first country in our top 11 is Albania. Obviously. <laughs> and the second song in our top 11 is Armenia. Yay! Uh, the third one is Austria. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, the fourth one is Croatia. Yay! Oh, good. Uh, the fifth one is Greece. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, the sixth one at the 11 is Iceland. Lovely. And um, the... Hang on. Seventh. Uh, the seventh of our top 11 is Lithuania. Mm -hmm. Monica! Very nice. <laughs> Yay! Uh, the eighth of our top eleven is Moldova. Mm -hmm. 
Woo! Choo choo! <laughs> okay, so on to the last three. Um, next one is the Netherlands. What a surprise! What a surprise! <laughs> Okay, so the last two. Um, number 10 for us is Portugal. Good. And this will come as no surprise, but the 11th song is Ukraine. Yes. Hey! I think that, that that's going to be, like, r- pretty different from um, most, like, f- fan... What fan... Or what the fans would have as their top ten collectively, but <laughs> well, they, yeah, there are two pretty big omissions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Is it right that we we only have Denmark missing from the second half? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's about my uh, positive scores this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Okay, so that's it for this episode. Before we leave, just want to say thank you once again to Paul uh, for coming on this episode. And if we don't talk to you next, um, uh, so if we don't talk to you like like for some sort of rapture review or anything like that, we'll talk to you again next year. Oh yes, uh, I'll be very happy to be back again. It was really fun with you again. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Okay, so um, obviously next week we'll be covering the first half of um, semi-final two, which um, oh, that's oh, gonna be oh wow, yeah, that's gonna be very interesting to put it mildly, and um, yeah, so um, check us out on ecpulse.com and you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Music or Spotify, so that's it for this week and until next week goodbye bye bye goodbye